You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. <laughs> Alright, what up? Welcome back. How we doing? Episode 47 of the Wide Right Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Another week, another Giants loss. That's how it's been for much of this season. That's already halfway through, amazingly. Um, yeah, it's it's nuts. Already 1-7, bottom of the NFC East. And I thought there could be some changes this year. I thought things would be better. New head coach, developing quarterback, uh, you know, new coordinators. I thought things would be better, but no. At this point last year, they were th- things are worse now than they were at this point last year. I think for the third time in four years, the Giants have started out one and seven. Not ideal. Not exactly a great start to the year. And it's already a lost season, basically. I mean, I, I figured it was a lost season four weeks ago, but right now it's very much a lost season after, you know, seven losses in eight games. And this most recent defeat, as we all saw Monday night, 25-23 to loss for the Giants at the hands of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, it was a back-and-forth game. Came down to the wire at the end when Daniel Jones hit Golden Tate to bring the team within two with under a minute to go, and then the two-point conversion attempt thereafter, which was a pass from Jones to Deion Lewis, uh, was incomplete. And then the onside kick after that failed as well. There were some good in this game. There were some good things that I saw from the Giants in this game. I'm not going to use this episode as a, you know, a time period, or as an opportunity, rather, to bash on the Giants the entire time. Because there were some good things that I liked. There were some things that I saw uh, that I liked out of the Giants in this game. The defense played well. The defense has played well all year. And it continued on Monday night. Defense played well. Kept Brady in check for the most part. Buccaneers were only 4 of 12 on third down. So the Giants improved in getting off the field. uh, Which I said was a major weakness for them. You know, up until this point. Despite the fact that the defense has been relatively strong. Uh, Giants allowed just 81 rushing yards, 263 net passing yards. Giants actually outgained the Buccaneers, 357 to 344. Giants sacked Brady twice, despite the fact that they had no more Marcus Golden. Marcus Golden's now in Arizona. No uh, Lorenzo Carter on season-ending IR. O'Shane, O'Shane Zimenez still on IR with a shoulder injury. So they have you know Kyler Fackrell, who's been good. Carter Coughlin, Cam Brown, Trent Harris. Uh, so they don't have the pass rushing strength that they once had, but they still were able to sack Brady twice against this uh, this strong Bucks offensive line, 
and they nearly even the time of possession. Okay, so the Giants had the ball for 29 minutes and 50 seconds. The Bucks had the ball for 30 minutes and 10 seconds. Okay, so better in those um, in those regards. Uh, I didn't think James Bradbury was all that consistent, and he might have had his worst game of the year. But other than that, I don't think the defense was the issue in this game for the most part at all. Uh, as far as the offense is concerned, I thought the offensive line was a lot better. Andrew Thomas had his best game of the year. Shane Lemieux, who was playing in place of Will Hernandez, who was on the COVID-19 reserve list, he held his own against his tough Bucks front seven. Both those guys had a huge impact, especially on Wayne Gallman's touchdown run at the goal line. Uh, thought offensive coordinator Jason Garrett called a decent game for the most part. He actually called plays that got his receivers open. He actually utilized Evan Engram, Evan Engram correctly. Uh, and Evan Engram actually stepped up and caught five balls on 10 targets for 61 yards and had one carry for nine yards. But enough of the good. Now it's time to get to the bashing. Because there was some bad in this game. Okay, and it's what led to the loss. The quarterback. I know you all know that I was going to say that. I'm bringing up Daniel Jones. I could talk about the officials. No, the officiating wasn't great. But I'm not going to be, I'm not one to just sit here and complain about the officials. The Giants were the one that, the Giants were the ones that lost the game. Okay, so that's what we're going to complain about. But Daniel Jones specifically. Listen, he hasn't played great this year. And I understand staying patient with him. I'm I'm patient with him. I know sometimes I may joke about Trevor Lawrence. I may joke about Justin Fields. Uh, but I understand the argument that we need to be patient with him because he is in his second year. The offensive line isn't consistently good. Jason Garrett isn't consistently a good play caller. And there isn't much talent on the offensive side of the ball with Saquon Barkley now out for the year. However, on Monday night, we saw the offensive line at least play decent, and Daniel Jones was still bad. We saw Jason Garrett call plays that actually got the receivers open, and Daniel Jones was still bad. We saw Jason Garrett utilize Evan Engram correctly, and Daniel Jones was still bad. And finally, we saw Evan Engram step up and have a good game, and Daniel Jones was still bad. You could say, oh, the two touchdown passes were great. Jones had a couple nice throws here and there, especially on the final drive. But in a loss, the mistakes speak louder than the, the achievements. It's simple as that. When you lose games, your mistakes speak the loudest. So he has no excuses here. The mistakes were glaring and told the story of this game. Despite all that went right for the Giants, he still missed passes left and right. He still turned the ball over twice. He still doesn't know how to take a sack. He still doesn't know how to throw the ball away. He tries to be a hero with the he tries to play hero ball and it doesn't work out. Two turnovers. It's getting ridiculous at this point. Every single week we gotta see a turnover or two from this guy. You know what would drive me nuts as a head coach if my so called franchise quarterback turned the ball over multiple times every single game? That's what's happening to the Giants right now. And that's what's happening to the second-year quarterback that's supposed to be the savior of the franchise and be Eli Manning's long-term replacement and long-term successor and be the franchise quarterback of this organization. And it wasn't even just the turnovers or the numerous overthrows he screwed up on. 
The biggest mistake Jones made all game was on the two-point conversion attempt. The Giants had a chance to tie this game late and potentially send it to overtime and route to potentially winning a huge game at home over the mighty Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On the two-point conversion, Daniel Jones had Deion Lewis open in the end zone for a brief moment of time, and he just took too long to throw it, which gave Antoine Winfield enough time to make a play on the ball, resulting in the incompletion. Now, I get there was discussion about whether it was a pass interference. The flag was initially thrown. It was then There was a discussion. It was then picked up. Some people think it was clean. Some people think it was a penalty. I'm not going to say whether I think it was a penalty or not. Because if Daniel Jones throws the ball in time and throws that ball earlier, we're not having a discussion on the refs. We're having a discussion on how Daniel Jones put together a magnificent final drive threw a touchdown to Golden Tate and tied the game with a two-point conversion attempt to Deion Lewis. But since Jones didn't throw it in time, and since Jones made a mistake and took too long to throw to Deion Lewis, the Giants sit here 1-7. and Because that incompletion effectively ended the game, considering onside kicks are virtually impossible to recover and the modern-day NFL, that two-point conversion attempt and that mistake and that incompletion by Jones effectively ended the game. But back to the turnovers. As all Giants fans know, as all Giants writers know, and as all Giants podcasters know, it's getting ridiculous, and everyone's getting sick of it. Because it's not just this past Monday night football loss. Think of the big picture here. Say Jones turns the ball over once or twice per game, which he does. But say Jones turns the ball over once or twice per game and the Giants lose by 20 to 30 points. Then you can pinpoint losses on the whole team. But that hasn't been the case this year. Jones turns the ball over one to two times per game and the Giants lose by one possession as they've done four times this year. With that said... You can pinpoint some of these losses on Jones. Because if Jones doesn't consistently turn the ball over, you get some of those possessions back, you possibly score points, and you possibly win some of those games. The Giants have lost by one possession four times this year. Jones has turned the ball over in each one. So some of these losses are on Daniel Jones. You know... That's just how it is. When you turn the ball over consist- as consistently as he has, and you're losing by one interse- and you're losing by one possession, who else are you going to pinpoint it on? The defense has played great. You know the defense has held their own virtually in, in almost every game, and you know it's it's these turnovers. It's these it's their drive killers. It's got to be fixed at some point. It really does. Because at this point, it's a season and a half into his career, and it's still a massive, glaring issue. And I love him. And I want to stay patient with Daniel Jones. And I'm really rooting for him to be the franchise quarterback that this organization is going to employ for years to come. But the clock is always ticking in this league. And the number of excuses for him are running out. He had all the excuses. Offensive line wasn't great. Offensive coordinator wasn't great. Talent wasn't there on the offensive side of the ball without Saquon Barkley. Then Monday night, offensive line was at least decent. Jason Garrett was, you know, called a good game. Evan Engram stepped up. 
and Jones still made a significant number of mistakes. Overthrew numerous receivers. If he just hits on one of those passes that he overthrew, the game's over. On one of the interceptions, he didn't even look to the left to Darius Slayton. Or he did, and he just didn't see him. Because Darius Slayton was wide open. Nobody in front of him. He could have walked in the end zone from midfield. And then, of course, the two picks. The two drive killers. And, of course, the Giants lost by two points. I don't love to pinpoint the loss on Daniel Jones, but I have to. You have to. Some of these losses, you got to pinpoint on Daniel Jones and his mistakes. And the loss to the Bucks by a score of 25-23 to 23 was one of those games. But we're on to Washington. The Giants play Washington at FedEx Field. Uh, week 9, 1 o'clock game. Finally, it's a Sunday afternoon game after two primetime games in a row. The Week 7 Thursday night loss to the Eagles. The Week 8 Monday night loss to the Buccaneers. Uh, it gets tiring work in these late games. Uh, so the Giants play Washington, the Washington football team, at 1 p.m. Eastern time on uh, Sunday afternoon, November 9th, I believe, or November 8th, excuse me. Uh, they enter as three-point underdogs, I believe, at the moment. They're three-point underdogs. Do I think they win? I think they have a chance. I think if there's a game they do win uh, the rest of the year, it's against Washington because they still got to play. I don't even know if Cincinnati is going to be a win. Uh, but, you know, again, the Giants are fighters, and they're, they are in most games they play, so that could be a win. But I don't think they're beating teams like Cleveland or Baltimore or um, or Seattle. Probably They'll probably beat Dallas, uh, I would assume so, considering that you know horrific quarterback situation that Dallas has at the moment. Uh, but, you know, if the Giants are going to win one or two games for the rest of the year, I would say one of them is going to come next Sunday against Washington. But we'll talk about that later in the week when we do uh, the preview for that matchup. But until then, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 47 of the Wide Right Podcast. Again, I'm Ryan Honey, as always, of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. That's at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. Subscribe and listen to the Wide Right Podcast on wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts. And all right, I'm out of here.